from Health 2023 in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the MMM Podcast. Hi, I'm Lesha Bouchak, senior reporter at MMM, and I'm here at the Health 2023 conference in Las Vegas. I'm joined on the podcast by Jared Adams, Chief of Engagement and Communications at ARPA-H. ARPA-H stands for the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, a brand new arm of the National Institutes of Health that focuses on supporting high-impact research for biomedical and health breakthroughs. And Jared is here with me today to discuss some of these breakthroughs that ARPA-H is in the process of investing in and the launch of three new hubs in the U.S. We'll also touch on what ARPA-H is doing while here in Las Vegas at Health. Welcome to the podcast, Jared. Lesha, thanks so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. So to start, tell me about your health experience so far. You mentioned it was your first time here. What has it been like being here? Health is really an amazing conference. Um, like I said, it's my first time here. I came mostly from national security. I was borrowed actually from DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which is sort of where we take our inspiration from at ARPA-H. And uh, so the majority of my professional life has been spent in national security, but particularly over the last five or more years, I've been steadfastly focused on public health. Um, you know, When I was working at DARPA, um, DARPA, many people don't know, was the original investor in Moderna. Um, we, we made a roughly 30 plus million dollar award to Moderna in the 2013, 2014 timeframe that helped give that company a boost in its research on mRNA. And over the course of the next 10 plus years, we, we continued to fund them in their efforts. And so I was no stranger to health and helped actually stand up the biological technologies office at DARPA before, um, before eventually leaving the agency, as everybody, just like at ARPA-H, is term limited and has to go at some time or another. And so I left DARPA for an opportunity to work in the White House for the Biden administration. And I was there for a year helping out our health and life sciences office at the time, uh, focused on pandemic prevention. Um, not about COVID particularly, but um, just any new pandemics. And as a as it would happen, um, I was able to you know, sort of work front and center on monkeypox response um, in the 22 timeframe and then um, got the opportunity to help stand up and be the inaugural director of communications at ARPA-H uh, just this last fall. So it's only been one year that I've been on board now. Right, and ARPA-H is relatively new, and, and you mentioned um, your time at DARPA, and I want to ask you a little bit more about the differences there, but ARPA-H was recently given about $2.5 billion in funds to do some of the this supporting of research and breakthrough work, and we know that um, ARPA-H is funding a project for the development of 3D printed organs, for example, another one uh, that focuses on developing regenerative tissue to restore immune system function, but can you talk a little bit more about what kind of break other breakthroughs that ARPA-H is seeking to fund, and are there any particular areas of focus that the agency is like really honing in on, like is cancer, or are there any other areas that you want to highlight? The answer is all above, and let me take a step back at first and say that you know, currently the, the budget for the agency is $2.5 billion, but that's spread over a three-year period. So NSF, NIH, et cetera, um, are typically working on one-year allotments or allocations of, of dollars, um, whereas you know, we had an initial and investment when we were launched in March of 22 for $1 billion. And so that's spread um, the next year. We were appropriated 1.5. So now we have a total of 2.5 that we can, we're, you know, we're mandated to spend um, over the course of three years. And to answer your question, what we're looking for specifically are not necessarily solutions for any one disease, but looking at ways that we can apply 
technologies, new capabilities to a broad area of disease classes. So that's not to, that's not to say that or to preclude us necessarily from investigating cancer, Alzheimer's, or diabetes or anything else. Far from it. As a matter of fact, if you look over the funding profile for the last year or so, um, a lot of what we've been investing in to date has been cancer related, and we're working very closely. For instance, with the can- with the with the Cancer Moonshot Initiative with the Biden White House. And you spent eight years at DARPA, and um, that was obviously well before ARPA-H was launched in 2022. And uh, DARPA was sort of the, like, I guess, what ARPA-H was based off of slash designed after. As someone who has spent time at both now, what would you say are sort of the main differences? Like, how ARPA-H was designed based off DARPA, but also what some of the differences and the goals of each of the agencies are? Sure. I would say that the the easy distinction is that the business model with ARPA-H and DARPA are very similar in that we are our fund we're, we're principally funding agencies but we make our funding decisions based on contracts so we go out and we'll look across the entire science and technology ecosystem and you know ask people to attend to a problem that the program manager has identified as opposed to receiving proposals you know from academics and funding their research so the interesting distinction is is that if we decide by the end of the first phase or second phase, and typically ARPA programs in general are three phases long over the course of three to five years, that if milestones are not being met, that we can take the money back. So it's never typically the case that there's a hard stop and we just fire somebody from a program, but it's generally that you know we come to the end of a phase and decide not to go forward with them and there's a down select. So that funding model is very similar, but yet I think we're the two agencies really differ is in that DARPA has a built-in customer with the Department of Defense. And it's not to say that a lot of what DARPA does doesn't find application beyond either the Department of Defense or the intelligence community. It certainly does, um, just like mRNA and also um, the internet is a fantastic example. But, um, you know, with ARPA-H, we view our customers as the entire American population. So we have a, we feel like we have a tremendous responsibility to speak to all as opposed to where DARPA is, you know, largely concerned with defense issues. And, you know, RPH's uh, mission and goals are a big reason of why you're here at Health, um, hoping to connect, I'm guessing, with innovators and health tech startups and all of these people who are sort of on the front lines of, you know, these technological breakthroughs in health. What are some of your main goals, um, the the few days that you're here at this conference, and what are you hoping to kind of... um, get from being here. Yeah. So ARPAs are innovation organizations and health is an innovation conference basically. And so we're looking at this as an opportunity for us, you know, to talk to talk to researchers, talk to scientists, talk to innovators about some of the ideas that they have in healthcare. And we're looking particularly for companies or for people who have ideas that will make outsized impacts in the world so that aren't, you know, we never really talk about market size. Um, but, you know, we talk about the potential to impact millions of people. So that's one of the principal reasons we're here. And also here, there's, um, I think, you, you know, just walking the floor, there's a tremendous amount of interest from the VC and private equity community. And so we're looking at those people as potential partners for us to transition our technology to once, you know, it re- reaches a sufficient level of, of maturity. So typically ARPAs are funding at, you know, the very early stages of the TRL level. And, um, you know, so if you already have a 
formal, you know, a, a functioning you know, prototype of something, that's not necessarily what we're interested in funding. We're trying to look for a proof of concept and make the, not the impossible possible, but the impossible plausible. And um, so, you know, if we're you know, thinking about how something could come to market eventually, you know, five, 10 years from now, then certainly, you know, the investor community that is present at Health is going to help us make that happen. And let's say that you you find a company or an innovator who you know here at Health who says, "Hey, I have this proof of concept idea. I have this idea. How can I uh, get to that next stage with ARPH? Can you walk me through the process of what an entrepreneur, you know, the process that the steps that that you would be putting them through um, to get that project going? Yeah. So there's two different ways that you could approach it if you're an innovator. One is you could express interest to become a program manager at the agency yourself. And so to become a program manager, it's actually a relatively easy process. Uh, you write typically a two to three page abstract and submit that along with your CV and a cover letter. And, um, you know, we'll talk, well, that'll initiate a conversation probably with one of our office directors, of which there are four different program offices right now, but we are we still only have two program office directors, growing agency, or still new. So um, that'll engender a conversation. Then if they think the idea is sufficiently interesting enough, then will you'll be asked to come in and make a pitch, kind of like a shark tank, you know, shark tank-like pitch um, to our group of leadership who are all PhD credentialed and steeped in healthcare. Um, but then the other way that you could come in if you don't want to be a program manager is to look at one of our open BAAs. So a BAA is a broad agency announcement. It essentially essentially is a license to hunt. So as a someone who's interested in funding, you could apply against that as long as your technology is germane to the problem that the open BAA seeks to address. Or even better, if there is a program that we've already launched and you're looking for funding, then that's a that's another mechanism that you could come into. And the other thing that ARPA-H recently announced is the launch of ARPA-NET-H, which is a health innovation network. And it's going to have three hubs in the U.S., including Dallas, Texas, Boston, Massachusetts, and Washington, D.C. Can you talk a little bit about ARPA-NET-H, exactly what it is and, um, you know, what's going to be happening at those three hubs? Sure. So in the, I guess, the guiding legislation for the creation of the agency, Congress stipulated that we must be operating in three distinct geographies. And we made our mind up fairly quickly in the March you know, 2023 timeframe that we would have our stakeholder and operations hub in the Washington, D.C. metro. And truth be told, we actually still haven't like said where exactly in the Washington, D.C. metro we're going to make that, make that decision and, and ultimately house ourselves. But right now, we're just using temporary workspace. Um, the other two places that have been chosen physically are Dallas, and we're going to be in the Pegasus Park region of Dallas. Um, and the unique thing about that really relationship with Dallas is that it extends to other cities within within the state. So even though Pegasus Park is the sort of the center of activity, that hub, uh, there are tentacles, if you will, or spokes to elements within Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. And then the other that's our customer experience hub. So there, you know, we're trying to be working with healthcare providers as closely as possible to understand what you know, the patient perspective is like in any number of diseases. And the Investor Catalyst Hub, which is what we named in Boston, um, actually will be in the Cambridge area just outside of Boston, um, is, uh, uh, you know, looking at, like I said before, working with investors and making sure that if a 
you know, if a technology, if a pharmaceutical, et cetera, you know, does have the potential to make it to market, then they would see that, you know, it has, you know, helped them sort of along on the path of that road. Definitely a lot of exciting stuff happening as, you know, this is a new age thing that's sort of taking off. Excited to see what happens. While you're here at Health, what would you say are some of the things that you're looking forward to doing here while you're here? And then also, what are you most looking forward to implementing or kind of following up on once you leave? The conversations that we're having here at Health have been really helpful. Um, first of all, we've seen a terrific amount of traffic in our booth with people who are interested in being program managers potentially. And I should just say really quickly, just sort of a shameless plug for our program managers, um, you know, by design, ARPAs are supposed to turn over program managers every few years. At ARPA-H, it's every three years, and you have the potential to stay for as long as six. And given that in the future we'll be turning over you know program managers every you know every three years or so um, the impetus is on us to make sure that we're constantly recruiting recruiting and talking to people who have good ideas so those relationships are key and already we've talked to several people who are interested in working for us directly but then the other element is just educating people about what the agency is like and you know our funding model is unique our um, employee model is very unique our culture is very very unique. It's very much unlike any other place in government. Um, I've only I've had the privilege of working for two ARPAs, but never for any other element of the government other than the White House. And it's uh, it, it's a very unique place. It's it's anti bureaucratic, and so yeah, it's very interesting <laughs> because things happen very quickly. And I think that there's a high degree of expectation, you know, to move and to operate at a pace that the rest of the federal government sometimes doesn't meet. I don't want to indict the rest of the federal government right. and say that they're slow, um, but it is it is a completely different experience. And I think one that people who are attendees of health would probably better recognize than any other part of the federal government. Absolutely. And before we let you go beyond the health conference, what's your favorite part of being in Las Vegas? Oh my gosh, I haven't been to Las Vegas for eight years. And the last time I was here, honestly, was for a, a DARPA event. Really? Yeah, we held a we held what was referred to as the Cyber Grand Challenge, which was having uh, autonomous, <laughs> autonomous computers try to find and patch bugs in large sections of code. And it was an event that was held over at the Paris Hotel with about 5,000 attendees at DEF CON. And DEF CON is one of the world's largest hacking conventions. And it was a blast to, to do that and to be here for that. And in the last eight years, Las Vegas has grown immeasurably. Um, uh, there was a time in my life where I probably would have said, if I didn't have to come here ever again, I'd probably be okay with that. But That's what I hear a lot. <laughs> but to be honest, I I like it, particularly in October. It's, it's very nice and there's been so much growth here. And, you know, people have always been very receptive to having, you know, having government here, having having industry here as well. So um, I look, just look forward to spending time with, with old friends from industry and, and uh, visiting more of the booths. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jared. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the time. Jared Adams, Chief of Engagement and Communications at ARPA-H, and he came all the way from Washington, D.C. to the Health Conference 2023. This is Lasha Bouchak for the M&M Podcast. Take care.